Okay, so you know I love good wordplay. And Third Love is crushing their wordplay here. When you have a bra that pinches or slips or just isn't comfortable at all or is comfortable but isn't your style, you've got problems. <laughs> How excited was Third Love when they thought of problems? Well done, Third Love. I see you. When you wear Third Love bras, you've got no problems. They fix the problem of size exclusivity with their famous half-cup sizes that revolutionized the industry by giving more options to find a bra that fits. And they fixed the problem of guessing what bra will fit you with their virtual fitting room and other helpful guides. A bra size chart, a bra 101 education section that's basically an FAQ for all your burning questions, and a ton of great reviews from real people. My sister just texted me, 99 problems, but pinching <laughs> isn't one. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. Think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby, and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this, there is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs. And that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddler's in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth and you won't have to worry about tearing. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Guess we're adventurers in heartbreaks on Hi, Pod Squad. Welcome back to We Can Do Hard Things. I can't. We have a treat and a half. It's like 12 <laughs> treats. Okay. Dozen treats. All right. We have a box of dozen treats. Yeah. I've never been called a dozen treats. Oh, wow. my God. Do you hear that voice? Okay. When we heard that this person agreed to be on our podcast, we had a text chain celebratory yeah, moment. Nice. We were so freaking excited. Okay, you all. Melissa McCarthy. Hi there. I'm so excited and I'm weirdly nervous to be here. Same. I don't know why. Same. Just kind of really excited. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is an award-winning writer, producer, and actor. Her work includes Bridesmaids, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Ghostbusters, Gilmore Girls, and Samantha Who. She won an Emmy Award and People's Choice Award for her role in Mike and Molly, as well as an Emmy for Saturday Night Live. I'm laughing just thinking about all oh of these. Oh my God. <laughs> Melissa you. and her husband, Ben Falcone, who we're excited to talk about your relationship is so beautiful, founded On The Day Productions and have produced Tammy, The Boss, Life of the Party, and Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. Melissa McCarthy, welcome to We Can Do Hard Things. Wow. What a, what a way to start it off, guys. I must be old. It's weird to hear a list of that because they're all like 
there's such a part of us, but when you hear it in the list, you're like, all right, not old, badass, badass, (laughs) amazing. And I actually want to start with you and I both went to Catholic schools growing up. Yes. And I wanted to know how your experience was. You know, um, it was good good and bad. I think, you know, I was raised Catholic. There were certain things about it that I liked. I, I did find myself often getting kind of sent to the principal for things that now as an adult, I think back and I, I just had questions. Like I was like, well, I remember one of the sisters saying, I think it was like our first foray into world his or world religions. And I mean, I'm from a small farm town in Illinois. So anything with world in it, I was like, oh, I'm exotic. <laughs> I'm wondrously exotic. And I just didn't know anything. I mean, there was no, you know, there's no internet. You could only, if you didn't experience it, you really didn't know much about it. Mm. And I was little, you know, I was probably in like third grade. And I remember her say, talking about other religions. And then it was also kind of mentioned you know, but of course the best one is, is Catholicism. And I said, well, why? I said, isn't the whole thing that maybe none of them are better. And then, then the energy changed in the room. Yes, it did. And I said, how do you know that you were right? And she was like, because God would have told me. And, and I wasn't being a, I really wasn't trying to be a smart ass. I said, well, mm-hmm. okay. So God would tell you if you're wrong, then why, why hasn't God told everyone else that they're wrong if they are wrong? Yep. And she just said, you should go to the principal's office. And I'm like, well, I'm like the only nerd that actually had questions. I'm like, regarding the reading. Uh, but, and they just didn't want to talk about it. And, and I get that you're questioning someone's basic fiber and how, what they've built their world on. But I was so ready to be like, well, let's kind of talk about it. And and I I, I never liked the priest to nun ratio mm. they felt that the nuns got very um subservient and i remember being in second grade being like well that's weird it's like almost bowing when he came in and i was like hmm that doesn't seem right i didn't know why i didn't like it but i didn't like that and it, but so many of the lessons like be kind love there was so much good goodness to it i i don't practice anymore i don't think you have to be inside a certain building to have a relationship with whatever you think of as god and if you do and find solace in that i think it's great i i don't i think it's become a bit of a a business which i'm sure would really infuriate so many people including my family but i credit you i can't believe i just said that i'm in trouble no the principal's knocking melissa I credit you, though, because you actually asked the questions, you know, in eighth grade. I was too scared. The Catholic guilt is real. (laughs) It's it's real. Yeah. I think because I was younger, I didn't even know yet to be like, oh, this isn't going to go over well. I didn't know it was a trick question. Do you have any questions? (laughs) Means don't have any questions. (laughs) Other than saying, boy, all those other religions are wrong. (laughs) I can always kind of say the wrong thing. It's my talent. It's a beautiful thing. Something you said that I felt very attached to, you said, I'm a shark. I have to keep moving, keep moving. Like, you know how sharks, they stop breathing yeah. if they stop moving. And I am like that too. And I just wondered, is that your way of being? Or do you ever worry like I do that the need to keep moving, keep moving is just an effort not to be still? <laughs> 
Yes, on both sides of the coin. I, I think it is my natural tendency. I'm constantly moving. And I do always say like, I'm a shark. I have to, mm-hmm. I have to be in motion, be moving, doing something. I'm, I like doing things. And I do think I fill my day probably with too much. Sometimes Ben is very calm and very steady. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's like, it is okay to stop and just just be in the room instead of me being like, I haven't lifted that chair in a year and a half. What's under it? He's like, you've been working for six weeks. I'm like, I'm going to roll the whole cat. Like he walked, the poor man walks in and like the couch is literally turned upside down. And then I'm down another wormhole of like, should I put casters on this? And he's like, I don't know what's going on. You've worked for six months. This is your first day off. And like, you have taken apart furniture Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, I have to because I want to make it nice for everybody. I'm just constantly moving. And then I'm trying. It's like something I wor- I like it because I like puttering and fixing mm. things for people. But yeah, I mean, sometimes Ben's just like, you know, I've come in and I'm like holding up clothes to his back because I like shopped for him. And he's like, you know, sometimes it may cross over. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, I'm like, Hey, should we go into your closet and like make outfits? He's like, no, we should not. We should not do that ever. <laughs> you two. Okay. So Abby and I, we've watched every movie of yours again. So this last, good. We've been hanging out with you and we've been reading a lot about you and Ben. And it's just like you work together, you raise your girls and it's beautiful. And the way you talk about each other is so beautiful. And Abby, mm-hmm. we read one interview where I think Ben was talking about you and Abby looked at me and she goes, they remind me of lesbians. First of all, thank you for the compliment. Yes. It's our um, ultimate compliment. <laughs> I'm always like, you're such a better human than I am. He's just literally like, there's no, there's no other side of Ben. Mm-hmm. He is exactly who he is. He's the weirdest person I have ever met. And that's <laughs> high praise. And he's just steady and like endlessly kind. Mm-hmm. Like he takes a minute. I, I mean, he always calls me fists of justice. Like I immediately... <laughs> I respond like the second something happens, I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to do? This is outrageous. <laughs> and Ben's like, we could sit and think about it. And then and probably there is a way to help. And I'm already like, my car is in reverse. <laughs> I'm out the driveway, just like flipping off the universe. And he's like, you want to come on back? Because there's actually a hotline and we could help. The-. I'm like, okay. He's like, where were you driving to? I'm like, I don't know, but I figured we need to activate. There were two physicists that were like, there's the the mosquito and the, what is it? Not the barge, but it's like a submarine. And one is just spinning and turning, spinning and turning. And the other just slowly goes and they work together as a team for years. And they said, you know, both were, both were great, but they could never come up with all the things they did without that weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's something to that. Like he is, I mean, you couldn't take two of me. Right. That seems terrible. Right. Bad idea. And probably two of Ben wouldn't be a good balance either. But yeah, he's he's just the greatest. I feel like I can't even imagine a minute of my life without him. Like mm-hmm. not not a minute. And I love that he he shows himself in certain moments of movies that you star in. And I actually have become accustomed to like waiting for it. <laughs> and we I'm pause like, it. I'm like, this. they're like, I will like, kids, kids, that's Melissa's actual husband. And they're like, we f- I know that you do that every time. 
I mean, it's my I favorite. Know, I always try to get him to do bigger parts in it. But when he's directing, as he usually does with our stuff, he's like, no, sure. that's a terrible idea. So he only takes the littlest parts, but I'm like, or you can take a bigger part. And he's like, no, some, someone is supposed to be steering the ship. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But I your, love it. Your fists of justice. <laughs> I, I've been working into my um, lexicon lately. Run around the block, run around the block. Can you tell us about yes. your skill? Because I too am a shark. I too have fist of justice. I'm like a way less talented Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> that is not true at all. My God. I often say, because I'm often failing at it, I'm, I'm forever trying to get better at running around the block, which does mean to me when, when something happens that I don't immediately jump up. I think because we do run our own things, I, I take great responsibility with how people are treated. Mm -hmm. And since I get to have that umbrella that I'm so grateful for, I also take it really serious that if someone is being like treated poorly, that I'm like, what? And I'm like, I have to go stop this right now. And I, I just lurch at everything. Cause I mm -hmm. think that just can't happen. And if you can do something and often I feel lucky enough that I am the one that can come and be like, you can't do that. You can't talk to people like that, or you can't behave like that. What I always wish is that I said I would handle things so well if when I heard that, I went, I'll be right back. And if I could just actually run a block, then I would come back and be like, John, I need a, I need a chat with you. Instead, I go immediately to John and I'm like, what? Are you yelling at people? And like everything, everything is on like 22. And then sometimes I do run around the block and then sometimes I don't. And I always come back in and especially people that know me really well, they're like, did you run around the block? And like, I, I did not. I, I did that. not run around the block. I thought about it and I didn't run around the block. And then sometimes if I do run around the block, I'm literally like, guys, I ran around the block. I ran around the block and I'm, I'm, I, it's progress. It's progress until I don't run around the block again. So if that made any sense. It, 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 it makes total sense. Perfection. Sense. And I love that, that waiting time though. That waiting time, if you really physically did it, I feel like it's like the car ride home where you finally are like, well, now I know what I would have said yes. or any audition. I'm amazing in my car yes. on the way home Yes, because you've just waited and calmed down. So it's what I'm always striving to be better at. Mm -hmm. My confusion about that with myself is I understand this of justice when I have forgotten to run around the block. But what I don't understand about myself is when I I'm about to start fists of justice and I think I should run around the block. And then I think, nope, this is just it. It's like purposely overriding self, even when you know that you're going to be apologizing later. It's an interesting pattern. It's the best and worst. It's like, I'm glad that I'm not like, well, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I would hate that. I'm sure Ben and many people that know me would be like, we could, we could hit a sweet middle. <laughs> we could probably hit a sweet middle between these two things. But I'm, I'm not a great gray area person. It's, mm -hmm. I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. It Same. is a, a study that does not come naturally for me. I kind of sound like a monster. No, <laughs> no the beauty of sound... people like you and my wife and Amanda, because I'm a little bit more like Ben, we need people like you because we are here and put on planet Earth to like support and kind of keep peace and we're calm and cool and patient and collected. But nothing would go right if yeah. you guys weren't around. I could not agree more. <laughs>
could not agree more with that analysis. So you and Ben are raising two girls. They're two teenage girls. Yeah. Okay. Same. So what we have figured out, which is upsetting about parenting, is that in order to teach them shit, you have to know what you think. Parenting is, it almost demands that you figure out what you think about things because they're going to ask you questions. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to back it up. Yes. Right. Evidence. I, yeah. Gone are the day. My parents who are wonderful, wonderful human beings. Like at that age, if you asked a question that was kind of complicated, they would be like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and like, and we were done. And they said it lovingly. They're incredibly loving people, but we just didn't delve into things. And right. that's, that's not the way of the world, it, which is great. But mm-hmm. do you feel like you are clarifying yes. your thoughts yes. more than you thought you would just because you have to explain it? Yes. Our family's ha- always having these ongoing conversations about sex. And <laughs> I just, I'm like, she usually takes over because she has less shame and guilt and confusion. And then she didn't think she was straight her whole life. It's just, it's confusing for me. <laughs> you're like, you're coming to me yeah. to figure this out? I figured it out five years ago. But, I, <laughs> but I'm confused about everything. So I'm like, sex is good and beautiful, except sometimes it's not. Just be open, except also be closed. How do you talk to your girls? If your girls were asked, what's mom's philosophy about sex? What would oh, they say? Lord. First of all, I think they would be like, uh, I'm so cringing right now. Yeah, um, same of us. I probably don't do enough. Like we've had the talk, which I did incredibly awkwardly because <laughs> I knew it was going to come. I always thought, I'm like, I'm going to do it so early because- we're open about anything and they can come to me for anything, but uh, there is still a Midwestern mm-hmm. uh, former Catholic person. That's like, we talk about sex. The lightning bolt comes down. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just very awkwardly right before she went to school, the day they were going to talk about it at school. I'm like, I'm certainly not having someone else <laughs> initiate that conversation with my child. So we were literally in the backyard picking up after the dog. So it's really it's a wonderful sexy. time. And I was like, why do people love each other? And physically, and Vivi just goes, oh dear God, is this happening? And I was like, there are some uh, different parts of bodies, so be it. Uh, but at least I was like, just let me be awkward and get through it. But I, I think they know, I think they know that as long as whoever you're with is incredibly kind and respectful and only lifts you up. Mm. We talk Mm. about that a lot, that whoever, whoever your love will be, and it may change. I'm like, you don't have to pick a side. You can pick a side. You don't have to pick a side. You you never know what's going to happen. I said, that person has to be incredibly happy when you succeed and incredibly supportive when you fail. And if those are ever switched, I said, that's, that's the Mm. biggest red flag on earth and nothing should make you feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, we have, I probably now, thank you. Now I have to go have a better talk with them. No, it's so good. (laughs) I've been skirting it. No, it's so good. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's interesting because I came into the family six years ago, so I'm not biological mom. And so there was a little bit of like easier, easier transition in the conversation for me to have. And because of the way that we were brought up, Melissa, I have completely counteracted the Catholicism that lives inside of me. I didn't ever get the sex talk. I didn't ever get the sex talk. And then when we were in Catholic school, it was all, what is the word? To not have abstinence. sex? Abstinence. Abstinence. No, abstinence. It, it, you seem to, it seemed to really stick in with you. you no, I, well, <laughs> I was, I was a rebel from the beginning, but it's just, it's, it's a very reliable strategy. So it's yes. a shame you didn't. It's so hard it. to have yeah, the conversations. It is. And they, they know so much, like my kids are so much more aware of the world. Yeah. And they're such little activists. I always say, like, I don't think anyone will ever tread on them. They just mm. won't mm. stand for it, which is like, I don't know what how I could be more proud of them. They're just so well-balanced and they're not afraid to speak up if something, you know, is really wrong. Both of them are like, they will stand up and say like, this is not right. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. um, When it's really needed. And I think I do have to talk to them more about all of that. So they'll be like, oh, geez. But then I know the more you talk about it, then they will come to you and they Mm -hmm. will actually talk to you about it. And I, not a word was ever spoken. Like with my parents, I, I don't think I've ever told this. God, my parents don't know how to get on a podcast. So I think it's okay. <laughs> um, I remember it was in grade school toward like, it must've been like seventh or eighth grade. And we went to, there was a sleepover at someone's house. I can't remember. And out came some kind of sex book. And I was like, oh my God, like I'd never seen anything. Before I actually laid eyes on it, people were like, somehow parents got brought up and I said, well, I know my mom and dad don't have sex. Mm -hmm. And they said, how do you, like, first of all, I think they all knew, like, how dumb are you? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I said, I know for a fact they can't have sex sex because my dad cannot do middle splits. (laughs) (laughs) And I literally thought I was like, boom. So they were like, what are you talking about? Middle, like middle splits. And I was like, I didn't know that there was an erection. So I thought, well, it points down from what I know. And so the only way to have sex is I thought both participants had to do middle splits. And then I guess kind of like, like wedge, keep like wedging. And then somehow that's how a baby is formed. I literally was like, my, neither of my parents could do middle splits. And just the room of these young girls were like, I don't know where to even begin with what you've said. Thank you for and the I gift really, of that. I really thought I was like, so, and I'm not even realizing like you have a sister. Yeah. Clearly they've had sex at least twice, yes. Yes. but I was like, nope, they're not that flexible. Yeah. But you were like, they must've been at some point that flexible. Yeah. So, but I, but I've been taught a lot about the, you know, Mary and the immaculate conception, exactly. which uh, another question that I was like, don't we assume that, you know, there has to be such shame that she can only be good if she got pregnant by not having sex. Like even as a kid, I was like, I don't know what sex is, but I'm pretty sure it's part of having a baby. And they're like, no, no, (laughs) it's not. Yeah. Here's the thing. You don't have to have sex to have a baby. I'm like, what a thing to be teaching. Yeah. (laughs) 
The immaculate conception. The flip Gaslight. side of the abstinence is good news. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. You can goodness. have a baby or not have a baby using abstinence. Speaking of your parents, didn't you describe your sweet parents as having been carved from marzipan? <laughs> yes, uh, I do. Especially my mom. My dad's feistier, and he's always on the move. He's eighty-two. Mm. He's unbelievable. He remembers everything. He moves a hundred miles an hour. He's constantly like, "What do you need? What do you want to do?" And you know, and I, I actually just went home and visited for a week. So I was in Plainfield, Illinois, and we would just sit in the backyard. And it's primarily just them being like, oh, there goes that guy. <laughs> there goes that guy. And it's another squirrel. Uh-oh, look at this buster over there. It's the same squirrel, uh, just in a different position of the yard. And then my dad just walking around with a fly swatter yeah. outside. Because <laughs> he's going he's gonna to put an end to those flies. I'm like, dad, if you just, we're not being bothered by them. You're, you're hunting them. That feels unfair. <laughs> So they're just, they're, I mean, at any given point, I th- even when I remember when I called them, cause I thought I was going to finish college in, in New York. And after like, I don't even know if it had been 48 hours. So I was like, so I'm not going to go back to college. I'm, I'm going to do stand up. And I was just waiting to hear the response. And my mom's like, well, okay, probably. <laughs> And I was like, what? I was like, do you have any thoughts on it? Well, I find those, I find fashion very unreliable. I was like, so you're encouraging me to go into the rock steady world of stand-up comedy? And they were like, well, and they said, well, why not you? They're like, if you work hard, you're a hard worker. And if you work hard enough at it and get good at it, why not you? And it kind of is like the basis for why I wasn't like kid from a farm doesn't go to like LA mm-hmm. and say like, I'm going to, I'm going to be an actor. Like it's just the, the, those, that math equation doesn't add up. I think unless you have parents that are like, yeah, why not? Of course you can. Mm. Like you, you're a really hard worker. Like it's their work ethic is so strong. I think it's why I work so hard and I enjoy what I do. Their work ethic is like something that's kind of remarkable. Mm-hmm. That feels filtered into me, but also nev- there was never a thought and anything, even if I couldn't do back handspring, right? It's like, yes, you can. You should know how to do it yet. So, so go ahead and do it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I kicked him in the head quite violently, but <laughs> this, this sweetness Remains. Oh. oh my God, because so many of us try to protect our kids from the world's <laughs> rejection by rejecting them. Like yeah. we're afraid the world's mm-hmm. going to say no to them. So we say no first. You can't do it. It won't work. I know. If I could physically wrap my children in bubble wrap, mm-hmm. I would be like, I wanted to put a chip in my kids. And yes, Ben so was like, I. that's awful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why we, have ch- we have chips in our dogs. I said, why can't I chip the kids? He's like, or is this really the comfort you want to go to the vet and have them chip <laughs> yes. our children? And I was like, can we do that? He's like, we, we're not going to have this conversation. And I was like, we are in it. We are in I, the conversation. Because I think yeah. about, I think it has something to do with human rights. Right. <laughs> That's what he said. I was like, they're little, they don't have rights yet. They don't, they don't own anything. They, How about they have human- I don't mean that they have human they rights. Have human <laughs> rights. <laughs> so we're always talking on this pod about, generational things we're trying to break. So do you and Ben have those things? 
that you brought that you're trying to do differently with your babes? Yes. Even with my parents, so sweet. I went through a really like gothic phase, uh, which I loved. I think it's probably why I ended up loving characters so much. Mm. I was like, I don't want to be me, but like you put Robert Smith hair on a five foot Irish gal. She's suddenly a little more interesting. Um, At least it was to myself. I try to, whenever they're going through phases, I want to never, even if it is something that's like kind of really funny or like this will be funny later. I try to always think of it as what it means to them that, you know, I'm wearing these frozen boots for eight months straight. Georgie went through a phase where she just had these little, like these little black boots, like that on a war and frozen. And, uh, and then I was just always like, I, instead of being like, this is so cute. Like you're going to remember this and kind of almost there's a mockingness to that. Mm -hmm. Instead, I tried to always be where to be like, those boots are incredible because they made her feel good. So I was like, don't diminish or make cutesy something that for whatever reason she wanted those boots on and they empowered her. My mom lovingly, but would always like come in with the, you know, the disposable camera and be like, you're going to get such a kick out of you later. And like take a picture of me. And I was like, it's not, it's not a joke. It's not a costume. As I was like literally in a full costume, Mm. but uh, I try not to do that. Or I try not to, I'm a real fiddler. So I try not to be like, that's great. Or Yes. Which I'm, a, you know, I'm always like, if I, if I would just have ended the sentence after great. Exactly. It's just this constant like project and people aren't projects, are they? No. Oh. And especially my oldest daughter, she truly is like, I don't care what it's a shirt. I'm sure sometimes it'll, it's an amazing outfit and it's so, she's really has the heart uh, of an artist. They're both really creative and I get such a kick out of that. And then when it's just like, I'm in pajama bottoms and like what I slept in. I'm like, or what about that Victorian skirt? Mm. What about that? With like a Doc Martin? Oh, is that fun? And she's like, no, not today. Like she's more bent. And I'm always trying to be like, do you want me to run upstairs and get it? And we just look at it. She's like, no, that's okay. Mm. Like no malice, but I'm like, and I can always feel myself where I'm like, I just, if I could just again, run around the block instead, I'm like, I'm just going to go get it. It's going to be fun to look at. And Ben's like, don't do what you're doing. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) well, it makes me actually think of like the first thing you do when you get a new role or a character is you go to the wig store. Why do you do that? One, it's my super happy place. I think I'd love a wig shop because in makeup and costume, it's all such a big part of it. I think there's something so altering about a wig that's, I find really magical because it's not just like, oh, it's a different color. It's a, it's a different texture. It's a, it's something that you really can't be because I'm not that. And I can put it on and I feel like this is as close as I can truly get to like walking in somebody else's shoes. Mm -hmm. It seems silly because it's such a superficial thing, but it's like, I can put on a wig and, you know, try on like 40 wigs. And when I get the right one, I'm like, oh, well, she like, you know, she loves grape juice and doesn't care. Like I just suddenly have all these very, very weird, specific things that I feel like I know to be true in my heart. And I know it's all conjured, but a wig, it's like, it's the fun of acting for me. Cause like, sometimes I, I'm like, I don't always quite know what to do with myself as me. 
But when I step into somebody else's shoes, I feel like, well, I know how they feel about it. Like it's much more, I think, difficult to sometimes state my own opinion. Mm. Not that I'm not that I'm tentative at all, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know. But I mean, I see the good and the bad and this and this. But if I'm someone else, I'm like, they don't like it. And here's 15 reasons why they don't like it. I can really be more succinct with it. Mm. I don't know what that says about me as me, but. That's cool. It's like your respect for your characters. You have such a profound respect for the characters that you play. And I, it's wild thinking about you put on the wig and you're like, now I know she loves grape juice. Now I know. It's so multidimensional, every single character that you play. I truly love people that walk to their, just their complete, their own rhythm. I find it like so beautiful to watch. I find it fascinating. I I mean, I, I used to always go, Big Lots was my favorite place to go because there was, used to be one on Western that was gigantic. And I, it reminded me of home. It was like an old dime store. It really was the place I went a couple times a week and I would just walk around for an hour because you saw the most eclectic group of people they would never all be in the same place. And there was just always somebody in there that's like doing their own thing. She doesn't care. She's not causing trouble, but it's like, I'm all in purple Mm -hmm. and I wear purple and everything on me is purple. And then I follow them in the car and their car is purple. (laughs) And then would say, stop following people. It's getting, it's getting weird. (laughs) I also think they're the people that like get the eye rolls or get like, they're so strange or they're, they're off putting. I don't want people to be, to be mean to people. I don't like that. But when someone's just like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. I get up, I put this armor on every day. And if it's all purple, if I only wear plaid and I do these, these strange things, I just love that there are still people out there that can like just own who they are mm-hmm. and they don't have to be like, do you, I mean, especially now with, I feel like social media, it's like, did you like my vacation? <laughs> do you like my, my holiday decorations? I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> Who cares? Why are you showing? And like, so when I see someone who's, I guess, traditionally a little more off, I'm so enamored with those people that when I get to play them, I, they, they, I really do love them. Like, I feel like I, I've gotten to know all these different women because of those roles. And I, I love, I love them for all their flaws mm-hmm. and all their, their mistakes and their good and bad points. I just, I love, I, I just love it. And is this why you also are obsessed with, and maybe you're not obsessed. Okay. I am projecting that because I share this with you, but I read that you enjoy going to vintage stores and finding random portraits of people. I love a portrait. Too. I no, I'm, I'm obsessed. It's, I love it. You love it too, my right? Whole, my, yeah. The whole entrance of my, and people will say, who is that? And I'm like, I don't know, but look. I don't know. But look at that. That's the whole point. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know, but she loves grape juice. Yeah. She loves grape juice. I also think like, where, why isn't this person with their family? Yes. I always feel like I have to be like somebody, oh my God. Like I can't, I can't leave like Bernice, you know, piled in a corner of some thrift store. Right. So no. I bring Bernice home because Bernice now has friends because mm-hmm. there's 24 of them in my office. And I'm like, now all these people are together it's like i just i ben is very terrified of portraits 
Okay. Because it's, it's just weird. like, they're, it's they're haunting us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does not like them at all. And he's kind of made the, now the kids are like, no more portraits. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I think you're, I think you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> I think you like them. And they're like, no, we're telling you we don't like them. They have caught me like coming into the house. <laughs> and, like, and, and they're like, you have one. You promised. I'm like, I never promised. I'm going to rescue each time I find one. I, I, I love them. It's something like what you do in your work. I'm just saying it it's like these people that aren't being seen. And then you're like, no, that person does not belong in the corner. I'm going to bring that person up, mm. put them right on the wall. Yep. It's, and if she's standing next to a horse, very proudly, all the better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so That's good. exactly right. Think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby, and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this. There is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle, protective care your little one needs, and that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddlers in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. I don't even remember what happened, but I remember reading a an apology that you gave. It was a video and it was such a gorgeous example of how to apologize that I saved it mm-hmm. and I showed it to our whole team mm-hmm. and was just like, this is it. This is correct. So what makes a good apology and why do 99% of the time we all suck at it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I was good at it. I just thought we, we, we literally were doing 21 days of kindness. It was we were, I think it was to provide- No good deed goes unpunished, Melissa. <laughs> no. Gonna have so to apologize the, for that. Uh, yeah, one of the charities we picked, which on paper and everything we vetted looked tremendous. Mm-hmm. And then literally the day we're like, here's the day, send, you know, support this cause, blah, blah, blah. We found out that like, they were also doing all these terrible things. We're completely like homophobic. <laughs> the headline for what the, co- the charity was doing was one thing. And then as we like got mm-hmm. deeper into it, And I thought, my God, I've just literally, I'm trying to raise money for this. And it was like trying to catch something in the air. I felt so bad about it. I just felt terrible. But I also, I think if you, oh my God, all I do is mess up. If I, if you can't mess up and then go, oh my God, I I screwed up so badly. Mm -hmm. And then just say, in all honesty, I missed it. Mm -hmm. We didn't know, like we never would have done this. So like, I think if it's just, it's sincere and. I don't think it has to be so. I'm sure I was rambling. That's another thing I try to teach the girls. Like you're going to screw up constantly. It's just part of being human. You just have to really own it when you do. 
Mm. And you have to own it quickly and you have to own it 200%. And I did wonder, I was like, oh, I wonder like if there's going to be like fury about this because it really was an organization that would never, ever back by uh, 5 billion miles. And it really, people were just like, that's okay. We all make mistakes. And it was, it was such a nice, uh, I was so pleased by the response because I do worry sometimes that the concept of one and done, I just, I don't know any humans that are able to do that and fit into that world. Mm -hmm. And if you really sincerely apologize and you mean it, it also takes, I think it takes some of the pressure off of everybody. Yes. Because if it's okay to go, oh my God, I couldn't have done that worse if I tried. I'm so sorry. Instead of we're all supposed to be perfect and say the right things and use the right words and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm going to screw up 20 times a day for sure. And so is everybody else. So if you're just sincere about it, mm-hmm. I, I certainly felt like I had screwed up by backing that. But then I'm like, well, all I can do is say I screwed up. Yeah. It Owning it quickly and completely. I have found that people are so unused to to hearing other people own anything completely that when they hear that they're so amazed by it. They're so excited Mm -hmm. that somebody finally apologized without excuses and all the, you know, you can hear a real apology instead of a fake one. Yeah. You can tell. You can tell. That's the difference. The response from so many people now, I always think of, like, I always see people as like giant toddlers mm-hmm. that, you know, if they cover their eyes, they're like, you can't see me. Yes. And like, well, I can, cause you're in the room and they're like, no, you can't like with so much in the last, especially four, five years of just like, you know, you don't have a black headband on. I'm like, no, I, I'm literally wearing a black headband. <laughs> nope. You're not like, there's no, mm-hmm. I think everybody wants to be like, if I just kind of duck and cover no one will notice what I did mm-hmm. yeah. and so nobody either rises or falls it's just this weird cowering because no one wants to get called out I know I would be I would love to hear a politician just be like god I screwed that up yes I yes. could have screwed that up worse if I like yes. I would I think the world would just be so amazed and charmed by that coming from people that are in theory supposed to be helping people mm-hmm. Agree. Yep. Yeah. It's so good because when you just say owning it without the 14 asterisks that are like, but here's what we did, but here's why it shouldn't have happened. And here's why someone else is actually to blame, but I'm being big by apologizing. People are then responding to your explanation. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just say, I blew it and I'm yeah. sorry, then people respond mm-hmm. to to you saying that as opposed to inviting them to be like, well, was my explanation sufficient? Mm-hmm. The sincerity of it. We all have the, that little meter and you can tell when someone's bullshitting or not or doing it to be like, I know it wasn't exactly right, but this these were our motives. You can never trust that person again. Mm-hmm. But there's just, there's a, there's a thing that's broken, especially if that's a repeated thing. Like you just need to come out and don't... Don't couch it. You have to really throw your whole self into like, you screwed up. There's something really like from that. I think you can rebuild anything on that basis. Agreed. Agreed. I read that you said this recently. I don't do the thing anymore of, yeah, I don't like how that person treats people or treats me, but they're still in my circle. We're not all going to be friends. 
And if you treat people like garbage, I don't care if you're nice to me. I can see that and I can take them off the list a lot easier than I used to. Hmm. Can you operationalize that for us? What are the words? How do you draw a boundary with someone? If there's somebody in your life who you've just found out is an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you do? How do you say it? Yeah. Like, is it internally being like that person is done for me or is it externally? Do you have to actually do something? I think it depends on if it's someone who's like really in my heart, it's a conversation. And is there a way through this? Is this, are you in a bad place? Is something happening? And then if it is like, no, this is really how I feel. Then I'm like, okay, then we part ways. If it's a business thing, we do crazy checks on everybody because we don't want to work with the person that, you know, is screaming at someone in the room or being terrible. But if it's not in like kind of my heart circle, Mm -hmm. it's very easy, no matter what the offer is. Mm -hmm. I don't choose to work with people that, you know, have come out and said things or just treat people abusively. It's no job is worth that to me. I'd rather, I'd rather miss out. It's hard when they're people you love. I mean, it's really sticky when it's people, you know, in your family or in your, in your tight rings, when all of a sudden you're like, oh, we may be completely uh, uh, in opposing positions on some pretty huge things in life. Mm -hmm. That's something that I guess naively I thought I'd never have to deal with, but it's, it comes up. And then I try to think about it in terms of as much as I wouldn't want them to call me and say, I think everything you think is incorrect. Will you change? Because I'd be like, I can't turn against my basic beliefs. And so I do try to hold some space for people that I think right now is not the time they're not able to maybe see a different way. So I do kind of put them in a different category of I know what I'm dealing with, but if I stay the course, will I be there for them when they maybe are like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Especially with, I think, religion and politics and everything right now gets so crazy and no one's going to change my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're like, well, I, I don't think two people of the same gender can be married. There's no version of a world where someone's going to talk to me and I'm going to go, huh, you're right. <laughs> I'm just trying to hold a space for someone. So maybe at the right time, maybe I can be part of them going, oh, you know, as long like, just do no harm. Mm-hmm. Do you know, if you do no harm, you don't want someone to tell you what to do. They don't want to be told. I try to hold space, but I back off a little. I've, I've done that with people that I'm still kind of, I'm certainly rooting for them to come come around to a more open and loving way of seeing the world. Mm -hmm. But I do worry about if I completely cut them out again, not everybody, certain people that maybe they don't have someone that will ever be the influence Mm -hmm. or being around my kids might make them be like, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a tricky, sticky, there's no way to do it. I think it's a, it's a person by person basis and it's, it's messy and it's heartbreaking And I do try to run around the block a lot with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really step in it. Okay. Okay. So I was so freaking excited when I read what you said. And you said, I believe in ghosts. (laughs) I had an experience with a ghost. (laughs) Me too. What was your experience? Was was it ghostbusters? 
Well, I was living in an apartment. <laughs> I was living in an apartment. And I saw a little girl in a dress, white dress. And she lived there with me for the seven years that I lived in my apartment. Did you see her multiple times? Oh, yeah. Like 20 times. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Abby was also on a lot of drugs for yeah, a while. That was, that was a, during a pretty intense <laughs> drinking, drugging. But what was your experience? Well, I've had, when my great, my great grandmother lived with us on the farm and when she passed away, I've had two, two different things. When she passed away, I was just distraught. We were very, very close and I was crying in my room. And then all of a sudden I like just felt a really strong presence and she was in my little bedroom and it was just a look and I just kind of knew everything was okay. And I was like, oh, and just kind of went downstairs and my mom's like, are you feeling better? I'm like, yeah, because I, I was upset about my great-grandmother passing away. And I was like, yeah, I think grand, like, great-grandma's fine. She was just in my room. And I was like, oh, you know, she was just like, we're, we're kind of not going to touch that topic. She's like, probably. <laughs> and then I kind of said it casually. And then I had another thing with my, my mom's mom. I had, I was in LA at the time and she had passed away and I had just gotten the call and I was driving and I was crying really hard. And my sweet dad had given me his car that was, that I had in LA and I'd probably had it nine months, but I'd never gone in the glove compartment, like ever. Like I don't keep anything in there. I couldn't reach it. I'm too short from the driver's side. And I, and, but I was like, I need a, a Kleenex. And I was like, he probably had Kleenex in here. So I'm looking all over. The first time I ever, I opened the little door, uh, you know, to the glove compartment and a picture, and I swear I'm not lying. This little picture flipped out and landed on the passenger seat facing up. And it was a portrait of my grandmother who t- two minutes earlier I'd heard passed away that I never, like, I didn't have it in there. And my dad's like, I don't remember putting it in the glove compartment, but I must have. And it was just sitting there on the seat. And I had the same reaction. I was like, oh, and I got the feeling that she was like, for God's sakes, you're driving. Like, get it together. I should have pulled over, but she was just there. And then I had a weird thing in Colorado where like we, I took the attic because I was like, ha, a bigger room. And then you got up there and you're like, this is haunted by a million souls. And like you would hear things, but it was in Boulder, Colorado. The feeling was so palpable that I would know like which side, like it was, you know, it was so strong. I never saw anything, but you would hear things or like you had to, the only way to get in the kitchen door, you had to like pull up the handle and like hit it with your hip to get in. And we were sitting in the living room once and the door just like flew open and there was no wind and it like slammed against the door. And so just weird, even a friend that stayed there with me, he's like, we are not alone in this room, um, like at all. That's so do they cool. scare you or do you feel like these experiences that it like make you feel safer? Especially with my two, my great and my, my grandma, uh, those were like, it was an incredibly calming feeling. Mm. And it was, it was funny. I, I've actually never thought about that. Both times I was crying about them mm-hmm. passing. Like I thought of it separately and they just appeared in different ways, but it was the most calming thought of like, it's fine. Mm. I'm fine. Like it's okay. Mm. And then even in the, in the weird house that we were renting in Boulder, like I didn't feel it was menacing. It was just so palpable 
that I was always like, well, I know, I know somebody's here, but I didn't know anything about the history. We were the first people that were not of the family to live. It was like a hundred year old house. And we were the first non-family members to rent, to have it. So I'm like, I don't know, but I was sleeping in an attic with somebody every night. (laughs) Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location, it's the neighborhood, it's so much more. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with state rankings and student-to-teacher ratios. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. So you're not Catholic anymore, but you do have a... You believe that there's more than we can see here. Like, how would you describe your spirituality? I strongly, strongly believe that this is not it. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I, in my head, I feel, I feel too much. And I, oh my God, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I can't comprehend a world where I won't see my grandmother or my great grandmother or like, oh God, I can't even finish the sentence and start crying. Mm -hmm. Like the thought of not that it just ends. I just think there's too much magic, whatever, whatever it is you feel between people, there's no way to quantify that that just ends one day. Mm -hmm. Like I just couldn't bear it. I had my, my sister once said, we went out ironically for a beer and then she sat down. She's like, I'd like to talk about your salvation. I was like, Oh boy. (laughs) Okay. This is a big one. But she was, she was worried. And I said, I, you know, I don't think any of us have the same thought of whatever God is, whatever swirling cluster of magic, you know, is it, (laughs) I don't know what it is. I don't think it's a person. It's uh, certainly, I don't see it as a white dude with a great beard. (laughs) Um, But I do think something's there. And I don't see God all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's like in my car, or I'm just like thinking about things. I said, it's not that I don't believe in, the magic at all. I just, I don't think it has, I don't think it has a specific address mm-hmm. and I don't think it can be connected to anything hateful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying you're wrong, you're wrong, you can't do this. We don't acknowledge that to me. You know, I think of those old, really old cartoons where it's like, you get to the pearly gates. I think so many people that are really religious, I'm like, you're not going to get into that club. You're going to have to do it. Over. Like, I do feel like they're going to be like, boy, did you screw that up? Mm. Like, just go back and be nice. Yes. <laughs> like, it's so simple. Yes. But yeah. I certainly don't, you know, I think, I think maybe my sister thought I was like an atheist, which I'm really not. Cause I, I just, I don't know how that there's too much magic. I think. Yeah. Whatever that means. It's the theme of what you told your daughters about just always finding someone that will lift them up 
and the way that your mom lifted you up when you said the audacious, I'm going to move and the way that your (laughs) spirituality is about lifting up. It's a really beautiful theme of life. Theme of life. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a constant fail and rejigger and try to do it better, but it's certainly in, in Ben, I mean, Ben's whole thing. I mean, he's just like, if, if there's one thing, if everybody was just like, is this the kindest, not being walked over, but like, is is the next thing I'm about to do the kindest version that I can, that I can do Mm. or the kindest version of this moment that I can participate in. He's like, if everybody just followed that, we think about it all the time. We're like, can you imagine a world, like even 24 hours where everybody like stop trying to like one up or I'm going to get noticed for this terrible hate, shitty remark about someone. I look forward to being back in style where doing the right thing also seems interesting. (laughs) Like that would be so cool. Instead of like just being the biggest dirt bag gets you noticed. I'm like, Oh God. Okay. We're about to wrap here. Tragically for us. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) What's hard for you right now? Oh, uh, raising, raising two women in a country that I feel like women are under attack for, I feel like all of my gay friends and women and my God, when they're both, they're like, uh, I got it coming for me multiple ways. Sometimes the girls ask me questions about just basic human rights and kindness. And I, I am so overwhelmed that I don't have a good answer for them. Mm -hmm. I can't make it better. I can't say this won't happen. We won't, it won't come to this. People just like to be loud. I'm like, we're in it. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would just be kind of fearful to be in this country. And I, I want to, I want to take it back. And I just want to look at people and be like, I'm here to tell you, no one's trying to turn you. I can guarantee you, Mitch McConnell, no one wants you. I don't want to force you to believe anything and you shouldn't force me. Just do no harm. And everybody should just be able to like play in the same sandlot. And I, it's really hard. I mean, you guys know with, with kids, it's like they want an answer to something that seems insane. It seems like an insane, scary movie that I don't want to watch and we're living in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when there, there is no, I don't have the words because the thoughts aren't in my head of how to, how to make it better or even justify it. That's what scares me. And I feel, I believe there's more good than, than menace a hundred percent. It's just, the hate is so much louder. I always think of it as a visual of like, you have, you're at an intersection. There's one person that's just screaming like, you're all going to die. And I hate you. Like just, it's so aggressive and loud. And then there's somebody else on the other corner. It's like, you're doing a great job. You're great. You had a great day. Should you have another one today? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's no way to do that with the same volume. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, do we just start? Is it physically being like, you're doing great. I don't don't know how to go up against that. It's like one has a, a microphone and a huge amp. And then somebody else is like talking, like the nice guy's like talking into a milk bottle, just like, I know the good outweighs the bad. I try to always, when I feel scared, remember that, but it's so quiet that I think we forget it's there. So I don't know. 
So I, I try to remember that, but it's a scary place right now. Can we please just have a skit where Melissa McCarthy is screaming on the side of the road at people, just, you're doing great. So good. Oh, I would do that great. all day long. I would just love it. I do yell things at people a, a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I'm very uh, weirdly vocal, but it's in, I think it's probably off-putting to people because I'm always like, oh, say it. Like yes, if you think it, yes, say it. Yes. So I do often roll down the window and I'm like, I'm in love with that skirt. <laughs> And then they kind of do as if they do recognize me, it's almost like, what? <laughs> so I do like, I try to do that more and more because everybody's yelling something. Yes. I, I love to, to throw like a loud, aggressive compliment. Yes. The first people are like, what's going on? I'm like, you're not terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I really encourage it. It's like, it's the best. And it then I the feel best. better for doing yes. it. I think it's that. It's that wonderful ripple effect of like, I'm so glad I did it. And then I bet that person's within the hour is going to see something nice to that person. Yes. And then it's going to keep ping-ponging. And the, I want that ripple effect more. So good. All right. That's our next right thing, Pod Squad. If we think something Scream positive, we're going to say something positive. And yep. that's going to start. See something, say something. See something. Yes. Like say a new something. twist. See something. It's a very new twist on it. See something, scream it. Okay, babe, I'm See actually, I'm just going to go with something. say. Okay, because I don't it. want you doing that around the house. Melissa McCarthy, you are a goddamn dream. Yeah. You uh, are. Well, tell it to the mirrors, oh. guys. <laughs> You're so awesome. And, you know, Bridesmaids is our family's, like, go-to. Although, I would say the Starling is now a Well, that close. was just the most special. It just crushed Aww. us the most this week. That one, go see the Starling if you haven't. Get it in your living room. Um, thank you for this hour. Thanks, you, you guys. I can't. This has been week. such a delight. And I just love what you guys do. And I love that every day you're just, you're, you're making that ripple effect better mm. and you're making it easier to talk about everything instead of just holding, holding in what weighs you down. Mm. It's like, it's, it's really impactful what you do. And I, I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you. We love you pod squad. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye guys. I give you Tish Melton and Brandy Carlisle. I walked through fire, I came out the other side. I chased desire, I made sure I got what's mine. And I continued to
is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine.